morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul. Angeline. And today we're talking about what? <laughs> we're talking about the balance party. Okay. Why? Because, uh, I don't know, they exist. We want to talk about it. That's not what I mean. Well, why would you want a balance party? <laughs> oh, oh, well, for this, let's, we're talking about, uh, obviously, role-playing games. And, and a lot of times, people have this idea that there has to be a balanced party. Usually, it's a, like a, a fantasy game, uh, D&D, for one. There's different classes. And a balanced party is you want to make sure that all these roles that many people think are needed to be successful are filled. So, for example, in D and D, you have we you have a tank. I'll use the jargon that people use: a tank, a ranged fighter. You want a spellcaster, an arcane spellcaster, and then you always want a cleric or a healer. Doesn't the term tank come from um, role playing yeah. online? Video games, yes, yes, okay. video games. So the yeah, I was gonna get to that too. So that's where I think that's a lot of, a lot of this where where does this idea of a balanced party come from? And I think it comes from even way old type of D&D playing where there was uh when people made modules there was always this this level on the module for four or five six characters of levels 1 through 3 or f- 4 through 6 or something like that. And I think what, why those were helpful when somebody was buying a module back in those days because people wanted to buy a module that fitted their character's level. Of course, of course you didn't want to have a, a module in Adventure that was way overpowered beyond what the characters that, that you were playing with could deal with. They couldn't defeat the monsters. The, 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 the stuff was just too deadly. So the, that makes sense that they would put levels in it. But also, because it was a written module, there were certain things that needed to be done that could only be done by certain characters, like a throw a certain spell, like, or if in modern times, if you had a, you need a rogue to get past or would greatly help you in a certain situation. So I think modules definitely uh, kind of push this idea of a balanced party also. I'm not sure that, that that's true. I mean, they could have written the modules and they could have writ- they wrote in things for each different ki- type of character, right? Because they're thinking that there might be one in the party. They're not telling you you have to have right, right. I these know. four different characters. <laughs> I don't think so, but but if there is that stuff in the module and as you as a GM as a, let's say a young GM or a inexperienced GM you're reading this, then you're like, oh, I got to include something for all of these things. So then my characters or the players have to have those kind of characters to get past the module or to make the module as, as easy to get through as possible. Or oh. you realize that your, your players don't have that specific, specific skill. Specific? Specific. Skill. And you find a workaround for them or they figure out a way to do it without using that. Right. Well, yeah, that there's always that, there's always that possibility that players and yeah, players can are savvy people and they can get around stuff that's not built to be done by a certain kind of character or by doing a certain action. And instead the players come up with some other idea that is just as viable to complete the, or to overcome the, situation 
So another, I, I, I think another way a reason the, this happens is because of computer games. A lot of people play computer games and then they play role-playing games. And computer games are even more regimented than a module, right? Especially older, well, even computer games today, there's only a limit of how much programming can be, in, can, can be done for a role-playing game. You know, there's quests, there's people you have to talk to, there's dialogue trees and all this other stuff. So it's very regimented because it, it, there's no way a computer game could be totally open world and, and be like an actual role, tabletop role-playing game. So because of that, a lot of the, especially a lot of combat type of uh, RPGs, there, and that's where you got the idea that you're right. There is some terminology that comes from that world RPG, like the tank. I think a lot of the reason this happens is because of like massively something role playing games, right? MMORPHs or whatever, like World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, right. And before that, there was a whatever quest where you would go on these raids, they call them, of whatever. A raid was like a big like adventure or whatever or quest. That could not be done by by one character. It would have to be done by a large group of players. I remember a game. I don't know which one, know which one it was called, but you played a character and you had the other four characters or the other three characters with you as your um, helpers or whatever. Maybe not all three of them. Maybe not three, but I remember you and Steve liked this game. I think it was called. Uh... Dungeon World or something like that? Dungeon. It was, yeah, you, you played a character and you had a healer and something else with you. Whereas, like, when Augustine and Alan play DDO, is that what it's called? They always have a higher, hirelings that are like the, the clerics, right? But yes. they always have this problem on the game. I, I always hear them complaining <laughs> because they're playing together and, of course, they're in different places. But that Augustine's always going, my cleric's healing herself instead of me. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that is DDO Dungeon, Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons Online is is exactly that. You have a group of people. You can have hirelings, but they don't always do what you think they're going to do, or have, or as a player, you don't want they do things that you don't want them to do. Like they hire them, they hire they heal themselves before they heal the the people who hired them, which. Makes me makes it more, more sense that they're gonna hire they're gonna heal themselves because they don't want to die, right? <laughs> that makes sense to me. <laughs> that was uh, this I this problem with self preservation. These uh, these uh, was it hirelings? So I think yeah. So when when those people come and play D and D or play a tabletop role playing game, they're gonna bring their their idea of experience. What, yeah, their experience of how that gameplay goes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a obviously we you know people use the term tank now in in role playing games and uh, you know arcane or you know archer or, or not archer arcane spell thrower and uh, you know healer not necessarily cleric I think in that sense a lot of people who play those kind of games and then come to play tabletop role playing games they bring their gar their garbage their jargon with them and also their the way that they like to play. The way that, they, that they've experienced it, right? Because right. I never heard the term tank until Augustine and you were playing the, I think it was the Left for Dead, when you were always going... Oh, no, I, the tank in that one, but no. Yeah, no, literally, you would say, who's playing... I, I remember you saying, who's playing the tank? Or, we need a tank. No, I don't remember that. It might be a different game. 
Okay. Left 4 Dead is a zombie game. Yes, I know. Okay. And there is a tank, but he's the bad guy. Well, maybe that's killed. what maybe that's what you're saying. Kill the tank. Yes. The next thing I have is uh, is organized play. Organized play is really uh, kind of a combination of those two things I said previously, like the modules and then people coming from video games. Because that's what it seems like to me when we play organized play. Uh, it was it's been a while. Well, we've only had small forays into organized play, right. and I think organized play is great because it brings a lot of people in to play right. the game. And it's fun. And it is fun. It is fun. But uh, the problem I had with, with, not the problem, but the uh, issue I have with it is that it, it, it really makes the players task orientated, right? Because you have a four-hour session, usually. You have, uh, I guess most tables are, are four to six players, I guess. And, the mo- and then you're running a module. There's always, it's not somebody's homebrew stuff. Everything is regulated. It's uh, it, so there's. You're gonna mod- hit this. What is it? This encounter. This right. encounter. This encounter. Right. And you're trying to get there and kill the boss. Right. Yeah. It's, a lot of it is a lot like that. Uh, the problem with that is is usually there's not a lot of leeway for characters to wander off and do whatever they want. If the quest is to go into a tomb or something. And find you something. To to That's tomb. what you there's, need to do. No, well, let's see what's going on in the town. And what do they say about the to- about the tomb and all this other stuff? It really, that that kind of goes away. It's really, like I said, it's a it's a task oriented, quest driven type of game. So when you're playing in that environment with those other players like that, like I said, it's really task oriented. So what, you know, let's go in, let's go this, do this, do that, do this. And so what happens is you have this idea of a balanced party because you want to make sure that you get through this module within those four hours. So the easiest way to do that is to have a balanced party that can uh, account for... Anything that you need in that particular... Right, any situation that might arise because there really isn't a lot of, like, time to, like, figure things out and spend a lot of time figuring something out or an alternative to getting past a certain encounter. And it's very interesting... um... When Augustine was younger, probably, what, nine, ten, he decided he wanted to, maybe it was 11, he decided he wanted to um, try out, I think it was Pathfinder Society at the time. Yeah, it was before uh, D&D had come out, yeah. Yeah, and I just remember sitting down and playing with him in in a couple of those, and one, it was all, it was very interesting because you had to fill out the the little cards and they gave you a card and you took it with you from one place to the other. Oh yeah. Your membership card. And, and that they could look you up to see what level you were and all that kind of stuff. When we were playing, it was totally different than how we usually play. Right. Because there was specific things that had to be hit. And the first couple the first two times I did it with Augustine, I was like, this is very odd because the people are asking, well, what are you? What are your, you know, Oh, they're uh, trying the be- to mini max. The the yeah, game. they're trying yeah. to mini max your character and make sure that everything is that you're going to be able to do whatever is needed. And then they do these skill checks to figure out about the monster, right? So that they can figure out how to kill it. And I thought that was an interesting idea that you would just say, "Okay, I want to do my skill check. I want to know what can I find out if I roll. You know, what am I going to find out? What do I find out? I roll it and I find out." Yeah, I don't remember that too much, but I do remember. Remember that guy who asked me why I 
spent my points on a certain thing. Yes. That was Pathfinder Society. And uh, I thought it was funny because I'm like, well, I just want to play my character, right? And they're like, but that, that's, that was like wrong. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. You're, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> because, to which Saul goes, okay. So, I mean, Pathfinder, you know, as a, a player was playing a sorcerer, but you run out of spells because you can run out of spells in Pathfinder. Yep. And you have, I think you can have a, a cantrip, they call them cantrips or mm-hmm. zero level spells and that you can throw as many times yes. as you want. But they don't do anything. They do one point three point one through three points of damage at most, like like icicle da- you know, like icicle dart or something. But I like think that. light is a cantrip though that you should always have. Well, whatever. But I'm, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying there's there's I because as a because I play a spellcaster in in Pathfinder, <laughs> and it's true you only have a certain amount of spells per day, right? And then but the cantrips are are cool thing little cool things that. You have like three or four of them that, so you pick them, right? To, right. To but use. I'm saying, I'm saying in a, in a very in Pathfinder, which is a combat heavy game, as soon as you run out of spells and your cantrips pretty much suck, what are you going to do? Saul's uh, solution to that was throw knives. <laughs> <laughs> so a knife is a martial weapon or a, a, not even a martial weapon. It's a 1d4, right? 1d4, right? And which is basically the same as one of the cantrips, right? You do like four, you can do a 1d4 of uh, one through three. Oh, one through three. So, get, so you got an extra chance an to get an extra point of damage. damage. Right. And then I, was, I wasn't gaming the system. I was trying to make a good character that could be viable and, and still be helpful after they threw all their spells. The knife thrower, I, I envisioned him to be a, a, sor- a sorcerer. He wore not hide armor, but he wore a lot of, not no armor, but he wore a little armor because I was able to deal with this. Bell che- armor check penalty. Anyway, it would have had to be some sort of leather armor because I don't like think they leather, can. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, that that yeah. was it. And, and then so, and I had these knives in different uh, sleeves built into this armor that I, I envisioned because I was human. I get two feats, so I was able to, to take a point shot blank, which allows you to uh, throw into combat, and something else that allows you to. Uh, throw combat further which just really just it just freaked out the people around him because the one guy's like what are you doing you're supposed to be a sorcerer jolene's right about the whole introduction thing so they everybody introduced themselves and i introduced myself as a knife thrower which is isn't a class in pathfinder it's just i'm like and then the guy goes well what is that what are you are you a fighter i'm like uh i'm a knife thrower dude he got kind of perturbed at me for being obtuse or evasive on his questioning he wanted to know what you were and you weren't telling him so then he just looked at my character sheet the bastard and then he goes and then, and then once he figured oh you're a sorcerer i'm like oh he found out more information of course and he's looking over my attributes and that's when he said that oh, I, you should have put i don't know what it was something that's my dump stat he goes why did you you know i'm like oh, i don't like making characters that are dumb and he goes well you don't need it as a sorcerer i go i don't want to be a, play a dumb character <laughs> But see, the whole idea was that the dumps that didn't ever affect your character or your play style. It was just an advantage you could take. Which to, Saul doesn't believe in, because if you use a dump stat in his game, you're going to get, it's going to be used against you. Well, yeah, sort of. I, I think I might have changed my mind of how critical I am about people do, putting an 8. Because everybody, everybody in Pathfinder, everybody starts with a 10. You can lower it to get more points to spend on something else, on another attribute which I thought is not wise. How's that? (laughs) So anyway, so I had a lot of fun playing that character because like I said, as soon as I stopped, as soon as I ran out of spells, I could be throwing knives and I actually had a high dexterity. So I was throwing knives like crazy. 
That was actually pretty successful. You're still a sorcerer, so you had a very few hit points. Yes, that's why I threw knives and yeah. not actually stab people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could throw knives behind people. And because I had point shot blank, and I could throw them into combat without hurting my own players. Ah, <laughs> see? I was pretty smart. Anyway, so... But they were... I think the... the, the Organized play? The moral of that story that you're trying to tell is oh, that yeah. the people at that table wanted a balanced party. Well, that, that's and they weren't sure that you were going to balance anything there. Right. And I think that's, that is like what organized play does. And bec- that's the whole point of the, of the introduction. It's not to, oh, I am sir such and such, you know, this flowery thing. No, they want to know what role you're going to fill yeah. in their party. So when I said knife thrower, they had no clue as to like, what does that mean? I think it's interesting because the people that we play with on a regular basis um, are Augustine and Alan and Stephen Kathy. Okay. Well, Augustine's gonna has wants to run a new a Pathfinder game again. And first edition Pathfinder. First edition Pathfinder. And one of the one of the people asked, um, "Well, we're gonna need a cleric." And Saul, of course, in the email said, "Why?" <laughs> and Augustine's like, "We don't have to have a balanced party." And I sent an email that saying that I go. I go, I don't really don't think we need to have this balanced party that you guys all want to. Uh, We've never really hear. had a balanced party. Well, I think I think the last game, the Storkum's Thunder, when I ran that that campaign, Steve became a cleric because nobody wanted to become a nobody was a cleric, and he felt that he needed to be a cleric. He fell on the he fell on he the fell sword. On the, he fell on the cross. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but yeah, he was useful, right? He kept people alive, but it's hard to kill people in fifth edition D anD. I don't think it's really necessary. I think it makes it more, I don't know, makes it more interesting. Interesting. And it makes people have to think more than, oh, I have this crutch of this cleric that if I get in too deep, he's going to heal me. Well, I think that like any character that has any kind of spell throwing ability can do some sort of healing, right? No, like not a sorcerer. Yeah. If you take a healing spell. You can't take healing spells, I don't think. It's not as it's, it's Well, and if you can't, you then you should be able to buy healing potions. <laughs> and this is my, my solution yeah, to a non balanced party <laughs> healing potions. And you can, you know, bandage people up. That gives them, that brings them back up to zero, right? You bandage them up. You can uh, stabilize them or something like that and prevent them from losing hit points or yeah. having to make yeah. death yeah. saves, which is helpful because then you won't die. But like I said, you have to, you have to fail what? Two death, three death saves, or is it three death saves before you croak? After you go down the As long as the dice aren't against you, you should be okay. Correct. But then, also, I think you were just, you and the Friday night guys were talking about your new game and what kind of characters you wanted to use. And were you talking about, I heard you say something about, we don't need a balance party. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the same conversation, because we're starting a new game. Uh, my friend wants to play a hex crawl kind of game. So we were mainly discussing the whole world building aspect of how we're going to do this and what system we're going to use and blah, 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 the background. And then it, the conversation did turn to characters, what kind of characters we want to play and stuff. And, uh, and th- th- somebody said, well, uh, who wants to play what? I go, well, there's only really three players, one GM and three players. So the idea of a balanced party goes out the window, in my mind, anyway, because I guess you can have a magic user, a fighter, and a cleric. Or, or, 
or whatever system you're using, a healer, a fighter, and a magic user, right? We do have more players, but lately they haven't been able to make it to the games. So they haven't been involved in our, in our discussions, but most likely we'll have four to five players, hopefully. The discussion came to the balanced party. I said, well, I don't like the idea of a balanced party. I think this was in text, too. That's probably where you saw it. I go, I don't think we should have to worry about a balanced party. We just have a party and then play the characters that we want to play. And it, people were actually happy about that. But they were, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. They were relieved or the, the idea that they didn't have to play a character that a party needed, even though they weren't really keen on playing, which is usually the cleric. I don't know what the... I actually like clerics. I think they're pretty badass. Well, Steve's cleric was totally badass. Right, right. Well, <laughs> mini maximizer, they'll do anything. But was it the kind of character he wanted to play? I'm not sure. Like, well, I'll, with Steve, it's hard to tell because yes. he gets into whatever he's yes, doing. True. So, but I remember there's the one lady when a long time ago we were still playing Pathfinder before we played uh, Fifth Edition. Fifth Edition. I started a campaign at at the Steve's house, and this lady showed up. I forget her name. But she was a really nice lady. She was from uh, Fremont. She made a character, and she actually, you know, there was no, you know, everybody was talking to each other in email, and she, vol- not volunteered, but she was, I'm going to play a cleric. I really want to play a cleric. And she was a badass cleric, too. She was like, she really got into the role of, of being a, a holy warrior type. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty neat. And I really like the idea that people should play the, the, the character, character they want. or the class they want. Yeah. Not because there's a need and this is this fault. I call it a false need of this group saying, oh, we need this role filled. <laughs> I think, well, and since I've only really played with Saul and the people that he plays with. Well, except when I was a teenager and that was just with, you know, my brother and his friends. And they really didn't know what they were doing at the time. <laughs> they were young. I mean, they were like 11, 12. I've always had the. I've never, nobody's ever told me you have to play this, right? right. I've always got to play whatever I wanted. Right. And it makes it more fun because then you get to create your character and make them the way you want them to be. And then they, they meet these other people that are totally nuts, right? Because you're all going off adventuring, which is probably crazy. So it is kind of not, it, a, makes, it makes it more fun. No one says you have to do this. Right. Or so, somebody wants to play a bard, and nobody goes, why are you playing a bard? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so let's get, what's the problem with this? We kind of already meandered into that, to that uh, discussion. Well, the problem, problem with this is that it's kind of this, what is it? It's a made-up construct, this idea of a balanced party, right? It's, well, don't, don't tell a lot of people that, because when know. I was reading online, they were like, there were two schools of thought. Either you had to have a balanced party, and they were adamant about it, or why shouldn't character people just be able to play what they want? Right, so right. those are the two sides. Well, the only factor that I figure out that I figure into this conversation as to if there's a balance party or not a balance party is, are you playing the class or a character that you want to play? Now, if and that's all there is that matters. And if you if that's the one you what you want to play, fine. So to me, I rather have people who are happy or excited about playing a character that characters that they want to play than having a balanced party any day well can you imagine sitting at a table for a campaign with someone who has been told they have to play a cleric or like you know they were the last one to join the group and they go oh uh you have to play a cleric well i guess being told yeah yeah and you're like oh okay and maybe they don't want to play cleric maybe they've been stuck playing cleric for the last five years and you know if that was me i might not heal you (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying so i think 
I think people really get the get this idea of a balanced party and they like it's everywhere right we're in it no matter what game we play it doesn't have to be uh dnd or have, pathfinder a fantasy game it, it could be uh investigative games right it could be whatever it could be anything any role-playing game out there there's usually roles that could be defined in those games and but if you're not happy with that oh we don't need another sniper in our group uh you have to be the medic or uh, the and you just spent two weeks creating the best sniper because that's what you wanted to do. Well, hopefully you talk it over in a session I'm just zero, saying. But some people don't do that. So, I mean, I would allow it. If there, were, if there was two players who want to be snipers, fine. I don't care. doesn't matter to me. As a GM <laughs> and as a player, well, as a fellow player, you're like, okay, well, we're going to have to work with this. Cause... So the problem is I don't want to be that player that gets stuck being that whatever role needs to be filled if I don't want to play that role or I don't want to play that class or whatever the that particular tabletop role-playing game has. It's, some games don't have role, I mean, uh, uh, classes and stuff, but there's still a role that people want to fill. I think it, this could be a GM problem because shouldn't the GM be able to, the GM should let the players play what they want and shouldn't, right. I have to have these people, unless it's a specific thing and you're running a four-hour game and you need to have those people. But you should still be able to work around it, right? I see, I don't think I don't think when you go play organized play, whether it's Adventures League or Pathfinder Adventures, or whatever, they don't. The GM doesn't have no. You just bring your character, yeah, you know, and it doesn't matter. I mean, there is actually when you actually when you go online, when you apply or apply when you go to play a game it'll have slots that you put into it right it says this is the gm they're running at this uh, hobby store or game store at this time here's your gm here's the quest and then there's slots that you fill in and when you fill in the slot it has your name and then it has what character class you play so you can uh i mean the gm is not asking you to do to play a certain kind of character but you put those slots in and I think people usually have more than one character that they play in organized play. Yeah. Just because of that situation where they, oh, they already have an arcane archer. Yeah. They don't need another one. I'll play the, my, I'll play my, my medic uh, right. healer or whatever it is. So it is that way, but I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll kick you out or they won't allow you to play another arcane. Like if everybody wants to play arcane archer, there's nothing in the system that uh, says you can't. At the table, though. Except for those other three arcane archers sitting there going, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> At the table, though, you might have a table discussion saying, I think we have too many arcane archers. Uh, maybe somebody wants to be a cleric. And then, you know, and, and I think a lot of that happens at the table or amongst the players amongst the players and the GM could care less. Well, but see, those are the players. Um, those have to be players who have been playing that particular in that particular society or whatever for for a long time oh, yeah. or they play video games all the time and they know i need these things right in their head that's what they know so that's true and i think uh players themselves come up with this idea of this balanced party as a gm i never except except that one time when we played we all wanted to be gnomes except some people broke that rule and then the gm said well i don't think that's such a good idea and i go can we do it anyway he goes you guys can do anything you want <laughs> And then some people broke ranks, <laughs> like Jolene. They want to be a. Well, I don't want to do that. You, know, you wanted to be a gnome rogue. I'm all. I don't want everybody to be a gnome rogue. <laughs> I'm all. Well, if there's six of you, why should I have to do it? 
So she broke ranks, and then everybody else, a couple other people broke ranks, and and uh, we didn't have our gnome party. There was more than just a rogue. I think there was a gnome something or other. I think it, wor- it would have worked out fine <laughs> for both of our plans that we had. Most of us were short, though. We had a dwarf. We had like two or three gnomes. Then we had you as a human <laughs> breaking the rules. The height, the height restriction. <laughs> you have to be this short to play in this adventure. You're so weird. Okay, so another thing is, it seems unrealistic that unless unless you're playing like a military uh, game, like a modern military game, that you have these roles to fit. Okay, you're gonna be the uh, the safe cracker or the breaking expert. You're gonna be the the person, the, the burly dude that goes through the front door with the big old mattering ram. Those kind of games, I think, like in a D and D game or or games where the characters are kind of pushed together randomly or fate you know, yeah. puts you together like at the tavern or wherever you're going to meet the idea of a balance party doesn't seem real realistic right that everybody just fits a certain role yeah. or maybe they want you to fit that role and you just don't you're obtuse <laughs> and of course i think i really think that a player who's going to play in a campaign now maybe one adventure a one shot eh, they don't give a crap but a, at a campaign when you're going to start a campaign and a campaign's can run years. I ran Storm King's Thunder. It took like a year and a half to get yeah. to that. And if somebody was really unhappy or just really didn't like playing the class that they got stuck with because, or you have to be the cleric or, you know, usually nobody's forced to play the sorcerer, but you know what I mean? If they're not happy or weren't happy with the, with, with the character class or whatever, and that kind of just, you know, they were just there just to heal and, and weren't really getting into it. I had the idea of having an unhappy player for playing in a game for a year, six months, three months, it just seems kind of absurd to me. Because the whole idea is you're supposed to be having fun. Remember the whole, whole idea of, of playing RPG, the last name, G, game, is to have fun usually. So I think that is the ultimate thing uh, that decides whether you know this balance party is a big deal. Cause for like, like I said, Steve, when he played the cleric, because nobody else had made a cleric. He made the cleric after the, all the characters had been made. And so he kind of like, but he, he had fun with it. He didn't really didn't mind. I think he had fun explore, exploring be, being a cleric and uh, trying to give it all he's got. And he was really good. I mean, he was a good, you know, he's a mini maximizer. So he maxed out as much as he could. I mean, he was cleric of thunder or something. He was just like thrashing people left and right. So he was, did a good job. And I think he had fun. But if he had been playing a cleric for the last three campaigns, because he would always fall on his sword, because everybody else is, uh, no, I'm gonna play a cleric. I don't want to play. A, I don't want to play that the character class. Then I would think he might have a problem with it uh, during on the third campaign that he gets stuck playing with cleric. So for me, balanced parties, fine. You can play with them uh, as a GM. I don't really care, but as a player. I'd rather have you, have my fellow player have fun than be forced, on to, forced into a role that he, doesn't, he or she doesn't want to play. And I think that's wrong. So there you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.